Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Exciting news to break out this week. We're at our 100th episode, Dante. We went through season one. We went through season two. Kind of coincidentally enough, episode 100 comes in no more than a year uh, since we started this whole thing. You were coming back from a trip from Hawaii, uh, you know, bringing that warmer vibes back into the States. And, uh, And here we are, man, a year later, a crazy, I would say absolute epic um path we've taken since we've started some stuff that we just never could have imagined but here we are man one year later episode 100 uh welcome to the show guys thanks for thanks for getting us here thanks for everyone who's listened uh dante a year ago you you were just coming back from hawaii man what's those vibes feel like dude uh um it's speechless man uh it's crazy too because i was you know Facebook hits up and then Instagram and then even like now with Apple iPhones, they send you kind of messages saying, Hey, one year ago you were here. And then you kind of just reminisce on the, on the photos. And then especially, you know, family trip to Hawaii celebrating my dad's retirement, you know, my brother and I both completing college within four years, kind of, and it was two years in the making for us to even get out there. I mean, we've talked it we've talked about it for a while and the planning of it just took a long time because logistically uh, with, you know, my brother coming out of school, I'm now in the workforce. My dad's coming out of retirement. None of our schedules lined up at the time. None of, you know, or if they did, someone didn't have PTO or they couldn't take the time off because during the time that we were planning on going. And then, you know, all of a sudden, year ago it it just clicked everything panned out and worked and holy shit man and boy i'm just boy do i have to laugh i have to laugh at the name of episode one uh we we'd say (laughs) (laughs) the good the bad the dull whip um i mean just absolute um hilarity we dove into everything of your hawaii trip obviously you got some golfing while we were there so we kept it golf podcast oriented but are, are you missing the Dole Whip? Are you missing you, – you haven't found a good Dole Whip spot since you came back, have you? Actually, I did. It was actually, it was actually uh, while my brother and I were both laid off for about three months during, you know, like full pandemic-wise. Um, he came home because he lives out in Ohio. He came home, and, you know, we were just – I mean, it was crazy, too, because we had – like, my dad was retired, my mom was – she was essential still, but I mean, we were all like family, uh, togetherness. And it was like, you don't, we haven't seen that in a while because ever since he graduated, like four or some years ago, he's been out in Ohio. He like, he went to school in Ohio, came back for like a month and then went back out and found like a job out there. And he came home for like about three months. So, I mean, it was a, it, as much as this has been a crazy ass year and, you know, lives have been lost and, and it's like a lot of like just terrible shit has happened. Some of the good came out of it. You got to take like a step back and look at the little small things. I mean, like our family was able to be together and just dude, that's just the number like one thing. Out. You hit on it so perfectly, then, right? I'm I'm looking at yeah. everything, like everyone we've had on the podcast, every everything we've been able to do, uh, be kind of because of COVID. And I hate to say that we've kind of benefited a little bit because of the times that we've been put in, but dude, I, there's the one word that comes to mind is just gratitude like so, so much gratitude for everything that has kind of taken place to put us in the position we're in today, whether it's been yourself being able to get closer to your family over this time, or, you know, even with the podcast and, and myself finding a new job that I actually love. Um, it's just one of those things, man, where you're like, and especially when you look back at the names, man, I just got to think, man, so much gratitude. It, it's insane. I mean, so much gratitude and I mean, it's just crazy to think about. I mean, all the people that we've met and going back to gratitude, also going back to the Dole Whip, we did find some actually in New Jersey. It did ice cream shop actually did have it. I mean, it's the same custard thing, and but it, it doesn't, I mean, it tastes very, very similar. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing, but I think once it's a little bit different when it hits uh, the taste buds from that Hawaiian air, but, uh, but then again, I mean, it's like you were, I mean, with my family we were just hanging out trying to 
make the best of the worst. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of like enjoy the walk in essence, in a way, I mean, you're just out there kind of just, you know, one foot in front of the other and take it one step at a time. Man, I tell you, when we first started this, right, like you and I had conversations about what did what did enjoy the walk represent? What did enjoy the walk, you know, want to stand for? Uh, and I think you sent me a text message very early on. I don't even know if I have it anymore. Um, that that kind of said, in essence, you know, what does enjoy the walk off the golf course? Because obviously we know what it means on the golf course, but what does it mean past that what does it mean you know to kind of enjoy the walk off the course and throughout life and i think there's that bigger you know annotation to the whole ideology of enjoy the walk in which i think we've tried to integrate within our podcast and within our brand is listen you can wear our stuff on and off the course you can enjoy our podcast on and off the course and 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 i think we've done a really good job of you know interacting with folks to get their true on the course off the course passions you know, obviously, as we go through, we started out early on uh, with uh, Mickey Demorat, Corn Ferry tour guy, very close friend of a uh, guy we started the podcast with Isaiah as well. And then to kind of see his like, you know, life story and, and see that progress from going going into his life story and then going into Pat Webster's story out at Caddy out at Pinehurst, um, getting just the experience of the PGA show and, and getting to walk Winter Park nine with Matt Janella. And I think what it boils down to and, you know, I could go on. We could go on with names and who we've had and who we've you know listened to in, in, and gotten their stories. But I think what it all boils down to is there's such an appreciation for folks who can love the game of golf because that love for the game goes and travels well beyond nine holes or 18 holes. Oh, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head too. I mean, besides the the introduction and then the Hawaii recap episode and then having like one of our first guests, Mickey Domora, I mean, right there kind of amplifies what you mean of enjoy the walk on a golf level standpoint. And when you, when you mentioned the enjoy the walk to me, that's where it hit me in like a different level where I was like, you know, that's not just golf. I mean, it's like, you know, here's a player that's coming on and, you know, the guy's got phenomenal talent and, you know, he's on the corn Ferry tour, working his way up, trying to get to that, you know, that level, getting to that PGA status and becoming like where he ultimately wants to be. But it's the journey that you have to appreciate and and enjoy and not take for granted as you're making your strides and progress to where you want to be. You know, everybody, we've come to live in a society where everybody, it's like so instantaneously, like it's like you can have it at your, you can go on Amazon and order a package and have it there a couple hours later. And I think we got to have a, a, you know, take again, take a step back and like realize like when the, whether it's life or whether it's golf, it's like, yo, why don't you just enjoy the walk and, in, and enjoy like that progress and that journey down that road, whatever you're taking golf wise or even personal and just well, and I think, embrace it. I think that hit perfectly too, as we really started seeing some of the guests we had on, you know, after we got the kinks out, we got these kind of jitters out of hosting a podcast, legitimately hosting oh my a podcast. Gosh. Once that record button yeah, went you, on, holy You, you talk about like enjoying Dude, the journey, you're talk right? about freezing. <laughs> and, and enjoying that journey though, right? Like you're talking about learning too. You're talking about getting better yep. at your craft. And I think as we got into like the meat and potatoes of this podcast early on, we talked to guys like Steve Sturr from some Sunday golf bag and his involvement in kind of, you know, the early age of the greats with Gary player and Jack Nicholas and the bags he made for them. And now he's turning it into something that's, you know, fitting our lifestyle, fitting our trend of these Sunday carry bags. And, and then obviously without, you know, kind of any introduction needed Matt Janella and his story from, you know, sports illustrated to now his own uh, kind of endeavors with uh, the Dawn patrol that he's doing out with link soul in California. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on of people who we've had on this podcast who, you know, you don't, you don't find many business owners, many legends of the industry, uh, hitting their peak at age 25, age 30, they're just hitting their stride at age 55, age 60. And that's what I think the in true embodiment of enjoy the walk is, is, is that you, like our journeys in life, and, and I, we're going to get really deep here for a moment, our journeys in life. Um, take in a, you know, a lifetime 
to unfold. And I think you have to enjoy the walk uh, of getting to know that, listen, uh, instant stardom, instant success isn't going to just happen within a year, five years, 10 years. The, The true longevity of of whatever we seek out is, is about enjoying the walk during our entire lifetime and, and and i think we've just been able to see that time and time again um through the guests we've had on this show and i'm i'm, I'm seriously it just goes back to that we're grateful man i'm so grateful i have so much gratitude for everyone who has joined us and made this podcast what it is today episode 100 absolutely and that and just the fact of who we've met the friends and the connections we've made and some of these, you know, you come across like it, one of the biggest things is like, you know, we had the luxury of being able to be accepted as golf media to go down to Florida and enjoy one of the biggest merchandising shows in, in the United States. And something I've been following for over five years, ever since I really got into golf to learn the score and, and learn the actual aspect of the game and what it truly is rather than just going out with my with my dad and just you know slapping it around for a couple hours and then coming home it's I mean that's kind of one of the biggest things and you know you just take you realize it's like wow like you know five years before that I mean never would I have thought I'd be there I would have never thought I, I always wanted to go, never thought I would ever make it down there. And then when we stepped foot into that in, uh, in our, was it Orange County Convention Center? Absolutely. Right? Yep. I, I was like, I was like, are we, is this, is this really happening? <laughs> and, and I have, but then have you, to, you just meet all these people, man. And you, you just have meet to all give these... a, you have to give a shout out to who kind of gave us the time of day down there too. I mean, Jeff Mosini with slope grade guys. If you haven't checked out his product, go to www.slopegrade.com and check out his product immediately. Um, we've got a, in the new year here, we've got an awesome uh, kind of review and, and grading of his product coming out in the future here. Um, he was so generous of of his time down there as he was debuting a brand new product to give a brand new podcast uh, you know time of day and say hey here's my product here's why i made it here's my backstory of what got me into the industry and i'm going to give you guys a time of day and then also you know golf drawn i mean without without his time and without their time we would not have been able to kind of get that jump start, that kickstart. Um, and shout out to Sherry Major too, the, the media director of the PGA of America for giving us a shot and giving us a chance because that's what it boils down to. It's everyone in that kind of makeup in that industry that just said, hey, you know what? These guys are doing something really neat. I like what they're trying to do with the, you know, the industry. Let's give them a shot. And, and, and it's forever just going to, I think, you know, I, I hate saying it over and over again, but damn, dude, I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful for everybody who who took a shot on two guys from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's breathtaking. I mean, and you know, cheers to like you know we're coming out to the getting the hell out of 2020 and coming into 2021, and let's let's raise a glass to you know better future and meeting new people and absolutely going to going to new places, man. But I tell you what, our listeners aren't going to completely get rid of 2020 from us just yet. Um, Guys, as we go into the holidays here, uh, we're going to kind of take a break from the podcast over Christmas and New Year's and join you guys back in the new year, um, that first week of January. So uh, we'll have a new podcast up next Tuesday with our last guest of the year. Um, And then from there on out, we're going to just basically do best of clips, guys. Um, So let us know, interact with us. We'll set up some polls on the Enjoy the Walk Instagram page uh, at enjoy the walk pod on Instagram and Twitter. Go follow us there guys, where you can interact uh, and kind of let us know who your favorites were, who your favorite guests were, what your favorite episodes were. If we didn't have a guest that episode um, and let us know your kind of favorite portions because we're going to compile our best of episodes. We'll probably have 45 minute episodes, uh, most likely with eight or nine guests all together um, and pump them out to you guys. So you guys can get some best of 2020 from us um, and, and, you know, tease the new year get uh get some of your favorite clips from these these past hundred episodes uh in your earwaves again to reminisce of good times and uh bring us into 2021 so dante you know looking back man if you had to pick one and i hate doing this because we had so many great oh my we had so many great episodes (laughs) one episode that rings true in your head of just saying that was so memorable 
Oh, dude, you're just, let's see. You had to have yeah, one okay, where quick. I said one episode, it just popped in your head. You had to have one. All right. Okay. I did. I did. But there's also so many. It's all right. That one I'll, that popped I'll in your head. To... I want it. Shout out to S. Putter, Steve Barry, man. Bring in our local buddy of mine, same member, running deer, New Jersey, coming on the show, being willing to, you know, give us a shot and us to, and give him an opportunity to show what he's all about. I mean, you know, shout out to him and talking about kind of like enjoy the walk and what we were just talking about earlier is kind of seeing the progression from where you started to kind of where you're at today. And that's another thing where he just, he's built a shop in basically in his garage. And it all started out just, I guess he wanted to just fix a putter and kind of just figured a way how to do it. And I mean, now you, you should see the stuff that before it was just kind of taking an old putter and, you know, kind of dusting off some of the rusted metal and cleaning it up to then now he's got putters that are so clean and brought back to life and restored and, and custom painted on there. And now he's, he's powder coating a uh, golf shaft. He's, he's building his own set. He's got uh Oh, he's got, he's, <laughs> he now make, can make, um, leather products for you he's making scorecard holders he's making uh belts i mean like you name it and he's put, he put a putting green into it. like i mean the guys you want to talk about a guy who is grinding and learning from just from coming from i mean just you know hey i'm gonna sit down and learn how to do this to where he's at now go check out s dot butters shout out to steve barry if you can, if you got an old ratty putter that you want, you know, cleaned up and you want some nice finishing on it, go to him. He'll hook you up. I tell you, you couldn't have put that in better perspective too. It's a lot of people in this industry that when they hit the quote unquote, like hit the scene, you know, where people start recognizing and people start seeing what they're doing. They're already at that stage where they've pretty much figured it out. And now they're just on cruise control of like, you know, doing putters and, and doing different designs and stuff. But everyone misses the buildup, everyone misses the the grind. And like you said, and I think that's the other cool thing, man, that I've just absolutely loved seeing from yeah. when we've started the podcast till now is when we've had people on the podcast and we've had a couple returning guests too, kind of seeing that quote unquote glow up. If you're a TikToker, yeah. if you're a, if you're an Instagram yeah. real fan, you hit that yeah. glow up. Right. And before, before we, uh, I ask you, um, yours, your choice it's actually kind of funny when you're walking on when you like, cause our members are great. Right. And that, and that's like one of the number one reasons like running deer is so special is just the camaraderie of the, of the membership and like the amount of group, like the size groups that we have. And we're all like merging in the one and we do all that. I mean, you pretty much, you join those two big groups, you'll know everybody at the golf course. Right. And you start playing and then we'll do like member events and whatnot. Like, like home, like home, like, member run events right mm -hmm. and then you see like one of our guys on the on the putting green i'm like yeah you go up to him you, you're looking at his putter i mean it looks it looks real clean looks good looks custom you look at him you nudge him a little bit with your elbow you're like yo is that a that's a nest stop putter isn't it like yep I'm pretty sure about 50, 50 percent of our guys in our group probably have it. An S dot, S -dot has taken over running gear. <laughs> pretty much. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Now, oh, man, it's just one of those awesome feelings. Um, and, and I can't even imagine how awesome it is for, for the actual, you know, quote unquote business owner, for the people actually building their brand um, right alongside of us, man. How great it is to see that progression and see that build um, of just consistent uh revenue consistent business coming right back at you it, it's got to be an amazing feeling yeah i mean i actually i got two putters off of them so and the and the story actually i mean go back to the episode i won't i won't go into that but the story of how we met was pretty crazy 
Oh, I agree. Guys, if you haven't heard that, listen, go back, listen to the episode. Um, I don't even remember what episode it was, but it was in season one. So go back, take a look um, and, and give that a listen. And, and like I said, let us know what, you know, what you think your favorite episodes have been. If you, if you want to hear some snippets that, you know, maybe we even forgot about it, go back, listen to some old episodes, let us know. And we'll put them in some of these recap episodes as we finish out 2020 here. But, uh, but Dante, I love where you went with that one. Uh, mine is actually going to go kind of memory lane close to me as well. Um, it's got to be my old, my old college coach, Eric Grumman. Um, what, yes. a, what a fun episode that was, dude, to kind of tie in together how we met, how you and I met, and then tie in together kind of just the, the story of the Marywood golf team and to tie in how it all started, uh, the background of, you know, the Kenyas kind of kickstarting it for us. Uh, Paul and Stan, shout out to those guys. Love those dudes. Uh, they're costing you a lot of money and wedding money. I know that much over the next uh, year or so. so. <laughs> hey, congrats to them, but damn, I got to say, I got to put money aside for them knuckleheads. But, yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> No, they're not. But yeah, man, but taking, a trip, back, yo, taking I, a trip down memory lane with Eric Grumman, uh, my ex-coach at Marywood University uh, on the men's golf team. And then obviously he he coached not only the men's team, but got the women's team up and running there as well before he left uh, on to bigger and better things as, as some athletic director. But it, that was so going, fun, man. It's just so fun. Back, I know, but I know. But going back to kind of like what you're saying with the, you know, just starting from kind of ground zero and just – seeing you you or a brand or whatever that you're doing progress is like you came in a few years after like i think what year did you come in i came in end of 2012 Again. so i graduated high school 2012 came in okay. basically fall yeah. of 2012 so yeah so i i came i was a freshman year coming in at 2009 right mm -hmm. and it probably wasn't until 2010 that golf became even a conversation within the athletic community within kind mm -hmm. of uh the athletic advisors the athletic uh the athletic director bringing that even up to uh to even become into a conversation i remember i remember specifically sitting at paul and stan's house and stan mentioning I'm going to try and push to get a golf team at Marywood. And here we are two years later, you come in the mix. There's a team. A oh, and little, little team. did, little did Paul and Stan know they changed my life too. Right. Cause like, if you look at all the micro, this is what I love about life, dude, this is a life podcast now, not a golf <laughs> podcast this is a life podcast. This is what I love about life, dude. If Paul and Stan did not start that Marywood golf team, I would not have went to Marywood to, to study architecture. I had a, I had a very firm understanding in my head that I had goals. I wanted to play college golf and study architecture. That was huge. It was, it was a key component of me, going to Marywood University. So if it weren't for those two kickstarting that, I never would have went to Marywood, never would have met all the people I know in Scranton, never would have have probably started this podcast, who knows. But, you know, here we are, dude. And life's got a funny way of, if you look back on it, all these little microcosms that turn out to set yourself up for exactly what you're doing today. Um, dude, just a wild set of scenarios. Uh, that has put I, I, us right I, where we're at episode 100 of the enjoy the walk podcast i still i still envision uh, and i envision and, and like when like stan put it together and then like that year later it actually kind of became like a team i remember kind of paul then becoming kind of the go-to person where he was like i specifically remember paul and i walking out of class one day and he's like yeah i gotta go up to the wellness center and talk to uh eric grumman about you know the next steps for golf and like it was an actual like full-fledged thing it's just it's just crazy uh just the thinking back on how it when what me being there from absolutely nothing to being a thought to then it actually becoming a possibility to then it actually becoming a team and here we are where there are csac champions and <laughs> It would, didn't you guys win like 2015 or something? We went, we won back to back years. Yeah. 2015, yeah. 2016, See, uh, my junior, got, senior year. Um, with the, so you got within five years championships. I mean, in the conference. Dude, when you look back at it all, right, and kind of just see the progression. Uh, we were laughed out of tournaments. Like I guarantee you, people laughed us out of tournaments our freshman year. 
We had we had two of us that could score, and the rest were just kind of, hey, there's a kid on the baseball team that wants to play, and, and there's a kid on the basketball team I think can carry some clubs if, if, if we can field a team. And to see it grow from that to, like you said, uh, we went to back-to-back Division three national championships. Uh, just wild. Just an absolute wild scenario. So – and no, guys. one one more thing one more thing on you know i'm reminiscing here and one thing i have to do is you just because scranton's in north eastern eastern pennsylvania and the weather isn't the best all year round to where you can get out and play there are a shit ton of people up in that area that can golf and they can play some golf i tell you so, what especially that philly to like scranton area in between that area there are some absolute sticks um at one point half of temple's golf team temple's men's golf team were elmhurst and scranton people like literally just that that was half of a men's division one golf team was from the scranton area so i mean just to put that in perspective of how good the golf is up in that area uh it, it was fun to be a part of and it's always something i'll take back and look look at and always say dude Scrant, scranton's got a, a piece of my heart you know forever forged and, and it will not change no doubt man i do whenever i get up there i, I walk on campus deep breath in reminisce hit the field then i'll hop on hop in the car and head over to hank's hoagies grab me a bite to eat don't even get me started (laughs) we go scranton scranton food podcast next week guys uh so man that's it i mean like we 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 could go on and on i think and reminisce about the the craziness uh, of where it all began and and what has kind of come to fruition um you know all these hundred episodes. So guys, like I said, go tell us your favorites and we'll put them together in a kind of year end capping podcast. Um, and let you guys listen to it for the next couple weeks here. So Dante, happy birthday, brother, hundred episodes, one year anniversary. Happy here birthday. we are. That's, oh, that's crazy. man. It's great, man. If you guys want to grab, enjoy the walk podcast merch after listening that trip down memory lane go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com you guys can pick up our walkers creed merch you guys can pick up some of the latest releases uh the united we walk tees the hats the shirts whatever you guys want to pick up it's at enjoythewalkpod.com um and while you're there check out the single strap society it's our kind of form of what i would call an ambassadorship page um it's presented from us uh to you guys as as an opportunity to become a member you get a 12 ounce logo cup a three inch sticker 25 count custom wooden tees from western birch a single strap society logo tour towel from winston collection that also has our enjoy the walk uh shield on it as well as well as access to members only merch members only events and a digital copy of the published media the strap book which will be coming out in the spring guys go check that out for only 45 dollars. all of that can be yours Um, and if you want a physical copy of the strap book coming out in the spring uh you guys can pay an extra fee for that as well so go check that out at www.enjoythewalk.com walkpod.com slash single strap society dante we've got some golf to get into first i want to get into quite possibly the most humble non-humble brag i'm about to put out on the podcast i shot my career best on a golf course this week or this weekend and i want to talk about it 66 out at man of war at glenn at riddle uh if only i could throw that out in the club championship we'd be having some extra hardware in a parking spot next to my name that or um yeah, 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 that's right. But the the, and some the other, big debate, other two man events here. Yeah, but the I'll, big I'll debate here event. is though, right? Um, yeah, it, it was no pressure, and it was by myself. So it, it is it contested? It, it does. Is it like is it like the situation where if you shoot a career best by yourself, is it like the hole in one? It just doesn't count. It's <laughs> yes and yes and no. Uh, it's like the uncredited credited career low because at the same time, I mean, I don't know how Maryland is, but you're also at a posting season. So you're at a posting season Two, You can't post anyway. If you're solo before they, I don't know why they changed that rule. I wish they can revert it back because the game is all about integrity. Yep. Right. Uh, 100%. So I think, I think they should switch that back. I think you should be allowed to post uh, um solo but i mean you got those two factors there you got you got the fact that you were out by yourself you had no one around you no pressure i mean you it was just and 
I mean, you were kind of, were you, ch- you were chasing the sun a little bit. So you were, you you were no, not you got, even, not even, not even. I, I was but done you got, well ahead because I, I, I played so well. I played one ball. I just wanted to get in and get off the course. You know what I'm saying? There yep. was just like, I wanted to be done, go get, go get some dinner, but I wanted to sneak in 18 before. Um, so I, I went out right around noon and was done by two thirty, three o'clock. I flew. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, you know, you got probably into a solid rhythm. You weren't waiting on anybody and you just, you just hit, went to your ball, hit, and then just kept moving. And, you know, it was there. Everything was just clicking. So, I mean, you cannot knock the fact that you hit the ball great well, and you putted well. So, I so mean, here was my defense. If you said, no, it does not count. Um, I, birdied, I, mean, I, I birdied the first hole, right? I bogeyed okay. the second hole. So I'm even through two. I go to the third, um, hit one. And what I thought went way over the green and almost into the water. Turns out it was just behind the green. I ended up chipping in for birdie. And then I hole one out for eagle on the next hole from like 130 out. One hops it. So then all of a sudden, I'm low-key three under after five. And I'm like, all right. After going birdie bogey, this is not where I thought I was going to be. Had a great birdie look on the next hole. And then kind of simmered out. So I was three under through the first, you know, nine holes. I get to the back, kind of ho-hum golf. I end up birdieing while going five under through the last four making an eagle on one of the par fives, reaching it in two, kind of almost, I almost jarred it for an albatross. It was kind of scary. I just got in a stupid good rhythm. And like the last five holes were just all mine. And I think, and see, that's the thing where I think that's where um, 50-50, whether it comes to no to yes, whether it counts because it's a different game. I mean, it's a different factor. So I would love to see, I would love to see them switch the rule to where you can post. And if you do it based off of true integrity, mm-hmm. you know, posting your score during the posting season and you went out during the summer, late summer afternoon or late summer evening where you can easily get 18 holes in and you go and you, you know, you fly around and you shoot your best score because you're in a rhythm. I mean, golf is a game about anything can happen right you get good you get bad results from good shots and you get good results from bad shots what if what about the fact that you're you get yourself caught into a rhythm i mean there's also times where you play on slow rounds and you get yourself out of rhythm and you just can't seem to dig out of that hole that you keep digging you know what i mean that's like another factor that it seems as if the the governing bodies took away that allows for a a most accurate handicap. Oh, absolutely. I think it just goes back to integrity. Um, like you said, I, I think, Hey, this game is built on integrity. If there was something out there that I could have called on myself, I would have, if there was something out there that, you know, could have caused me to, you know, maybe move a ball or something like that. Obviously I was playing winter rules cause it had just rained about seven inches. So I was <laughs> pulling the ball from like some plug lies. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, so, you know, it wasn't a full ball down, like, you know, played as it lies style round, but Hey, it was still, I hit the shots where I needed to and, and uh, made the putts where I had to. So dude, it was, I, it was one of those weird rounds where I'm sitting on 18 thing and like, where am I at? You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't even think about it either, which was like kind of the crazy. Cool those part. are the best rounds is yeah. where you get yourself into a rhythm. And next thing you just, you go back and you remember everything that you did. And the next thing you know, you add it up and you, you shock yourself. You're like, wait, did this just happen? Yep. And you're sitting there like 66. What? Well, and that's the way. So I'm sitting on the last hole thinking, man, what's the lowest round I've shot in a while? Because after I put all the pieces together, after I hit my tee shot on 18, striped it down the middle, I was like, holy crap, I got a chance to go like, you know, four for four in the last five here or something like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, where am I at? And then I realized, you know, hey, if I make par 67, if I make birdie 66, I couldn't remember the last time I shot 66. It wasn't this calendar year and it definitely wasn't 2019 either. It's been a while since I got to 66 and I was thinking to myself, Oh boy. So that was the first time in the entire round where I ever thought to myself, huh, there's a slight amount of pressure, but I hit such a good drive. I had wedge in my hand to the point where it really wasn't that much pressure. It wasn't like I was hitting six iron in and really had to like, you know, pure one. It was, it was different. But, dude, it was wild. It was fun. 
Um, it was one of those things where Saturday wasn't the nicest day. I know you ended up playing on Sunday and, and it was funny because the wind was kind of breezy. It was actually tougher conditions than Sunday, which I didn't end up playing at all uh, because I had so many errands to run and stuff and get some Christmas shopping done. But it was like, it wasn't prime conditions. And I ended up playing some of my best golf makes you wonder why do I not play my best golf in prime conditions? And sometimes uh, play my best golf in kind of crappy weather. I, I ask myself that a lot and kind of, we call ourselves at the deer. A bunch of us are mutters. We usually play in worse conditions than we do actually good because of the weather that comes into play. And a lot of the times being wet and the way mm -hmm. the course is built, cause it's on top of a lot of clay. Um, it's, it's, far in between where sometimes you get that where it's like everything's absolutely pristine and firm and hard as a rock it's like i think that i think it comes down to you probably played that well because you're not used to playing to like primo tournament-esque conditions mm -hmm. like tour quote-unquote tour conditions or tour like tournament conditions for like the area you're constantly playing it like i mean like or like dew sweepers, right? Guys who, you know, are morning, you know, early birds, they get out there and play. I mean, they're constantly playing in uh, rounds where it's it's soft, it's dewy, and it, mm -hmm. you're kind of playing all carry. But the time they go out and they play uh, a member event and the course, you know, the course superintendents decide to trick it up a bit and, you know, make the fairways firm and dry and, you know, you get a later tee time. It's a completely different game. Well, and it's funny too, and I always think this, and I think, because I've done it so many times now where I've played better in kind of semi-windy, breezy conditions, really soft. I think it makes you really focus on the club selection because when it's just kind of dead out, you nonchalantly throw a club at 160. If it's breeze in your face or just windy all day long, you're, you're taking that extra second, two or three and saying, all right, where's the wind at? What's it going to do? How's the ball going to react? And I think even just that extra three or four seconds makes a world of difference in hitting some superb golf shots. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's one of the craziest things too about that is when you just go out there and you just don't think it's some of your best rounds. I think they're absolutely, actually, I think they are your best rounds is the rounds where you could just clear head and you just go and you, like you said, Amen. you just got into a rhythm. You just didn't think. And next thing you know, you, you're shooting your, your career low. So that begs the question. Did, did you, did you nonchalantly go out there on Sunday or, or how did Dante enjoy that Sunday afternoon round? Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I did not play my best. I played pretty decent. I was pretty pleased with everything but at the end of the day i mean you, you're coming in mid-december and early december mid-december and it's 60 degrees outside where you're debating whether or not to uh just wear a polo t-shirt or mm -hmm. throw a pullover on you're getting out and you're going and playing and you're just enjoying that extra day of golf that you can play so i kind of just went into that mentality i just didn't really didn't really care as per se, of too much of the score, even though we were playing a money game. So I did try, um, didn't play my best, but at the same time, it's, you know, I'm at this time of the year, it's tough for me to get out and get out to the range. Uh, Cause it's getting dark and it's hard for me to get out after work and get a couple holes in. So majority of the time I'm only playing once a week. So I'm not expecting much out of myself. And I oh, think absolutely. I was able to finally get that mentality now coming into like the winter game. It's like, if I can just get out and just, just to get out and get some swings in, mm -hmm. I'm happy. And I mean, listen, I know a lot of my friends have been listening to this and they'll probably say like, no, he's bullshitting you. You know, he's a little angry guy. He'll get pissed. Yes. I still get pissed. I still get angry, but at the same time, you know, I'm learning through that. I'm, getting you know just realizing like yo i just went out i was like yo it's 60 degrees i'm going out i'm just i'm swinging the club and now i'm actually really trying to make some changes too so i was just kind of trying to just hit the shot and kind of dissect the feedback that i was getting from after said hit shot so i the the flat stick just that's like one of my favorite clubs in the bag and i i mean you you know um I've witnessed that time but, and time again. You just absolutely putting the lights, <laughs> the living daylight. Out I of just, the ball. I just, I just, I was not comfortable over the putter at 
all on Sunday. I think, I think winter greens, winter greens make it, it tough it to tough. putt no matter how good of a putter you are. I was, I was told I was being quick all day, quick all day. And I think it was because after like the first putt on the first green, it was a little fluffy and a little shaggy because I mean, it's winter greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt like I just wasn't getting the ball to the hole. So I was just getting quicker and quicker and quicker trying to like put speed to it. And I just, I just was out of sync. So that, that kind of hurt, hurt my score. But other than that, I thought I played pretty solid. I mean, I, I got some money back, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest thing. I just, I just struggle. I think I have a mental case when it comes to having, when I get birdie opportunities, I just never, I, for some reason, just can't make birdies. It's just bogeys and pars, man. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, you got to be kidding me. Well, I think I, that's a but, story of most people's winter golf, though. I, I think it's, you know, like I said, we, I think we had some kind of spring to summer weather almost uh, on Saturday yeah. and Sunday. So it wasn't truly winter golf. Um, but I, I tell you, I think we had better weather um, than the, than the ladies did out at the U.S. Open in Texas. Boy, oh they, they were goodness. bundled up this weekend. I'm talking, they got three, it looked like they had three layers on. They were wearing scarves. I was seeing some players had full blown, like the poofy jackets that they were wearing in between shots just to keep themselves warm. I mean, earmuffs, scarves, mittens. Listen, I mean, we've we've had this conversation in the past and I think it brings it to the perfect uh, kind of, you know, premonition again, like you said, with the ladies having, you know, vests, long sleeves, extra layers on layers, the poofy sweaters, it it begs the question. And I think it's true winter fashion. You can do more with winter fashion than you can with summer fashion because there's so many layers and everything like that. It was actually really neat to see these ladies express themselves, you know, via different fashion statements as the, as the weather got colder yeah i mean you get to see all like the cool sweaters coming up uh, and you know this depending on what they want to wear kind of um i mean we're coming towards like the holiday season so you may could have seen some christmas sweaters out there some nice red and green white stuff um but yeah it's cool uh the ladies they do know how to bring out the fashion that's always cool to see because like you said the fashion comes out on the colder months because again you have more layers to play with mm-hmm which is always fun to see. And that's, but one cool thing too, I know a lot of people doing the winter golf thing is uh, here's a, here's a trick. If those who are out there playing winter golf, um, I have friends, they like to, they either wear sweatpants underneath uh, or they'll wear kind of the under armor tight leggings, cold gear, Mm -hmm. and they'll wear rain pants on top and they are warm. And then like maybe one layer on, on, for their torso and they're like they're coming off 18 sweating oh absolutely dude absolutely i think one of the other cool things too to see this year was just kind of like the graphic sweaters make more of an appearance appearance inside the ropes as opposed to just like on your local munis uh we've seen people like trap golf kind of really put the graphic sweater to the forefront as far as you know pushing the limits of what's allowed on the golf course we saw a lot of ladies with that this weekend and i think it's just really awesome to see uh you know whether it's the men's hoodies that are kind of taking fashion or or these women's crew necks and these graphic sweaters now I think it's really awesome to finally see uh, things like this catching on and making it inside the ropes uh, at, at the highest of level in a, in a women's U S open. Yeah. I mean, and that's what makes golf fun because golf is, is a diverse game. I mean, everybody swings different. Everybody is different. So why not accept the fact that fashion can be different too. And, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, at the end of the day for them, they were just trying to keep warm. So I mean, if you're going to knock someone for what they're wearing, I mean, come on now. I mean, it's just these girls are out there grinding for a, for a major championship in some weather that they are not normally used to. Boy, and, I, and you you hit it perfectly. You talk about grinding. Um, weather pushed back the final from Sunday to Monday. Um, and we had an absolute stunner of a leaderboard lead changes all day, Sunday, well, Monday lead changes all day, Monday. Um, and you end up getting a winner who finishes, you know, top of the leaderboard, who was three back with three holes to go. I mean, a, a comeback for the absolute ages. You had world number one, Jin Young Ko finishing second. Um, and then what I think is, is kind of the craziest, uh, 
maybe hard hitting toughest story of the week. You had a competitor in Amy Olson who, who lost her father-in-law the night before the final round of the U S open. And I want to hit on this quick too, man. She, she talked about walking up to the first tee of the U S open in the final round and basically just feeling weak and helpless. And I mean, when, when you talk about losing someone, especially a close loved one, and then going out and competing the way she did, um, it was just absolutely like remarkable that she had any chance coming down the stretch, let alone to give it kind of one, one or two last shots and two holes to go. Uh, it, it, it was just, it was phenomenal to see her kind of gritted out when she was dealing with so much personal heartache and pain. Yeah. I mean, it, when, when you're going through something like that, a loss of a family member, man, I mean, that's what's every, everything that's, that's what's on your mind. You know, you're, you're questioning why can this be your your i mean there's a lot of things that go on it's like and then you're just kind of reminiscing on you know memories and it's like at the same time you're out there trying to grind for a major championship mm-hmm. and being able to do both i mean more power to you and it's it, it's always awful to see someone lose a loved one and then but at the same time i mean that loved one was right there you know looking down her while she's trying to grind out there so i know she had she was constantly playing with someone looking down on her so um that's always like you know heartfelt there so i mean i mean it was crazy just to see like these scores how close they were and you know if a couple putts just drop man that would have been one one hell of a story oh there's no doubt man And, and when you talk about someone watching down on you right you know what i could only think of was was reminiscent of when tiger won his first major after his dad passed away uh, yep. And kind of the same deal, you know, obviously, yes, you carry a lot of this weight, a lot of this pain with you, but you also carry this sense of like a higher power, a higher being kind of being in your corner, almost, you know, propelling you to something that you might have not otherwise been able to do. Um, so there, there's this weird aura around the loss of someone so close, so special to you that yes, it can hurt. You can bring you down. Obviously it can, it can really uh, cause a lot of, of grief and, and heartache, but it can also act as this kind of propellant to, to, to give you that extra, I don't know, mental, you know, fortitude to say, Hey, so-and-so is with me. So-and-so is going to help me through this. Um, and, and it was just great to see here compete and be able to compete uh, because she kind of touched on it. Um, you know, she, she mentioned her father-in-law being this kind of uh, very hard uh, West Point grad who, who was, you know, had a, had a life in the army and whatnot. But when it came to his soft spots, they were his wife, his daughter-in-law and women's golf. So I think, you know, so cool to see her have that relationship with him through the years. She's been on tour now for eight years. So it's something where I'm sure he's been along for a lot of these special moments and, uh, boy, what, what, what an experience for her. It had to be to contend down the stretch. And I can only hope she continues to contend at these major championships, obviously with, uh, with the thought of her father-in-law definitely near and dear to her heart moving forward. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. And, uh, it's going to be uh, awesome to see. I man, I love watching that. I, I, you know, I'm coming more and more. I just love watching the LPGA because they're just swings. I was like, I was watching some recap ad before we hopped on um, tonight. And I'm just like, I'm just studying their swings. And they're just, every single one of them have almost just the absolute perfect swing. I'm just sitting there. It's like, man, I want that swing. And then they roll to another player. <laughs> Yo. I want that swing. And then it, and it just, it's a, it's a snowball effect. There's, there's like, one swing. Give me that swing. <laughs> there's one swing in particular that I picked up on and it was actually your low amateur for the women's U S open. This woman at one point in the tournament was one off the lead. She actually held the lead tie for the lead at one point. Um, a, a Texas women's golf, uh, actually competitor. She's still at, uh, Texas, Caitlin Papp. She isn't just, she's a senior out at Texas right now that is just an absolute killer on the golf course. She had a chance to win this thing. Um, and it was so cool to see an amateur compete like this at the highest of levels. Um, and, and just, there's no doubt in my mind, she's going to get many, many uh, tour wins as, as she brings, as she breaks from, you know, the collegiate golf and comes into the LPGA at the end of her uh, collegiate experience in the spring. Oh, no doubt. And they were, uh, I was actually watching some clips and that's, um, they were showing uh, some clips of her and I, she just, I, it, it was 
the last round. So she was in some parts where it just seems like she couldn't get momentum going. Um, and it almost went kind of backwards, I think. And, and you just saw the competitiveness just on her face of her just trying to grind it out to just try and absolutely get to a spot where, cause she knew she was contending. She knew like, you know, this, I could actually walk out of here mm-hmm. as an amateur with holding a uh, U.S. Open trophy. Uh, for the LPGA and like you I mean you just saw the determination on her face but at the same time the frustration because it just seems like she just couldn't get anything rolling yeah but you know she yeah like you said she's gonna be um she's gonna be a player to watch once she graduates dude and and speaking of just watching the players right we we talked about this last week as we got into what we felt like was other than nfl football pretty much a non-competitive weekend to have the women's open as far as major sports being broadcasted i didn't know this until the tournament started pretty much all of the tournament except for the second round which didn't get too much time on television was uninterrupted commercial free thanks to an investment by Rolex. How incredible is that for the women's sport, especially on a week, Saturday and Monday, where there wasn't much going on sports worldwide to, to be able to watch these girls play for a major championship. I think it did nothing but grow the game in exponential fashion. We were also able to stream it on NBC streaming app. Um, you know, it was just, it was an all ability uh, kind of opportunity for everyone to watch these women play major championship golf finally. And yeah. I think this is the way a lot of major championships should move going forward. I think this is how golf should be moving. Like, I, I know it's tough cause you got to get, you know, ad revenue too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole business side to that aspect and we don't have to dive into that, but as a viewer, as a viewer of golf, I just think, how they should do is like how they did it there. And it's literally, you just, it just goes from shot and the next scene shot. And they just keep cutting to a different player. And it's like, you just see a shot after shot after shot, because let's face it. Bubba Watson has said it before. He said, watching golf is boring and it can be boring. If you elongate certain processes, but if you able to, if you're able to find a way where you can just keep going from different you know cut to a different player each after each shot you can make it kind of upbeat and a lot faster and more engaging because then you're like oh crap you know you have a split second i mean you can miss something if you look away mm-hmm. shot swing boom you just missed like you can made miss like something absolutely crazy and i think that's how they need to go at it moving forward on all tours is the fact they should have player cut to a new player and just go shot for shot for shot for shot and then see, and then another thing is get someone from the tee, get someone from an, the approach shot, maybe someone chipping onto the green, putting, and then just kind of rotate that. So as if you're just watching a player play from one through 18 shot for shot. No, I love that. And, and you know, I think the other cool thing too, uh, you know, broadcast aside of being pretty much flawless, um, we saw a lot of firsts, whether it was the, the amateur contending for her first po- possible major championship. Um, we had a 54-hole leader, uh, Hinako Shibuno, who it was her first tournament outside of Japan, and she was leading the Women's U.S. Open after 54 holes. So no, she didn't end up winning the tournament. But seeing these kind of firsts in women's golf, especially in the major championship, I just thought made it must-watch television. There was so much anticipation of who was going to get their uh, you know, first win maybe. There was a world number one in the top five contending all weekend. And then I think you start, you are starting to see, too, the legacy of Annika Sorenstam have an impact on these major championships. There were seven Swedish women's golfers um, inside the top 10 at one point. And then obviously five cracked the top 30 by the end of the weekend. It was just incredible to see Pernilla Lindbergh, Anna Nornquist. Um, you know, they, they did not have the greatest final rounds, but you had so many Swedish women uh, just contending. And I think there, that, that is solely responsible from Annika Sorenstam having the absolute legend of a career she has. Um, and, and it's really neat to see that kind of impact can be had uh, no matter what country you're from. And, and it can have a huge impact on growing the game if you have a, a legend uh, kind of come from your home country. Right. That's uh, That's just – that's the beauty of golf right there. Oh, there's no doubt about it. 
you know, I, I think when you look at the when you look at the winner too, when you have the grit and determination to come back and make three birdies at the end of at the end of a women's U.S. Open, it just kind of put the icing on the cake of I think other than it being postponed till Monday, a perfectly broadcasted, perfectly ran um, event and, and, a, and an amazing way to cap off the final golf major of 2020 it was truly uh i thought an enjoyable experience of, of golf uh for for the masses yeah it was uh i'm definitely gonna go back and rewatch some more uh it was it was awesome to see it was one thing too again they're playing <laughs> they're playing in different uh different part of the year pretty much winter uh so seeing the uh, seeing the course seeing the 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 rough all brown, seeing the fairways green, seeing some leaves floating around. A lot of mud balls out there too. That was uh, that was funny to see. They were getting a little frustrated, to like they're looking around trying to see like is there mud on the ball. So I mean, hey, it's also too. It's like it, it's kind of cool where you see the great players kind of play in conditions that you and I know um, that are more routinely playing in, uh, and that's always cool to see. And it's because it's like another thing where you can take you can take away from that and kind of study and see how do they work their, their ways around, you know, conditions that you and I would normally see. And I, I really enjoy seeing that because we're all, that's what I love about golf. You're, there's always progression and there's always a way to get better and being able to take something from the greats to something that you're normally used to. There's no better, there's no better way of learning from that. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I think, you know, obviously with the women's U S open going on, uh, we, you know, we have to focus in on the race to Dubai as well. Kind of the European tours, uh, FedEx cup. If you're kind of drawing comparisons between, uh, the two tournaments and, and what they mean, uh, to the, it's just a, basically a year long race of accumulation of points. Um, we had a former world number one, uh, what I'm calling the gray mare, of English golf, uh, take home a title, which he hasn't seen in over, uh, a decade. He won it back in 2009 and in 2000 and was world number one at the end of 2009, going into 2010, Lee Westwood, 47 year old Lee Westwood took home the race to Dubai. Dante, we've got some, uh, we've got some years to, to put to mention here and, and kind of put in perspective <laughs> of how long, Lee Westwood's been around the game. He first turned pro 1993. Dante, I wasn't born yet in 1993. Yep. I was a little three-year-old infant. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Uh, the stats this guy's put up over a incredibly long career, 44 professional wins, um, officially joined, joined the European tour in 1994. Um, obviously, like I said, he spent 22 weeks at world number one, starting in October of 2010. Um, he's got, I mean, and not just professional wins on the PGA tour. He's one of the European tour, the Asian tour, the sunshine tour, the PGA tour of Australia, the Japanese tour. This guy's won all over the place. Um, kind of, I think cementing himself right now as one of the greats to not win a major. He's got a couple of T2s uh, in the open and the masters uh, T3 in the PGA and the U S open, but no breakthroughs there. You got to think going to 2021 and winning the race to Dubai, he's putting himself on a short list of guys who can take this, uh, take home a major championship in 2021. Yeah. The guy, uh, the guy can play and he can still play. And again, I'll keep saying this. That's the beauty of golf. I mean, anybody can win. I mean, you see Tiger out here coming, coming back basically from a broken back coming out and winning on tour. I mean, you know, don't knock these, uh, the older guys coming in, you know, that came on tour in like the early nineties, whatnot. And some of these greats still, they still have it in them and they can get it done. And there's something to be said about uh, this little run that uh, that ping golf is having right now on the world. Yeah, uh, we talked about this before we got into the podcast. Obviously, Victor Hovland getting a, getting a win a few weeks ago and then uh, and then Lee Westwood cashing in. Lee Westwood's been a career ping guy. I feel like he's been with ping since he started out. But ping's on a little bit of a heater right now uh, as far as guys that are in their uh, quote unquote stable uh, taking home some some really big uh big tournaments over the last couple of weeks. Dude, I mean, you got Lee West and they're all rocking the same. <laughs> you 
got Victor Hovland, you got Matt Fitzpatrick, and you have Lee Westwood. They're all rocking the Ping I-210 irons. I mean, I'm not really going to, like, conspire against, you know, anything here, but... An absolutely uh, wild coincidence. Yep. I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, I know you are now a ping guy. I, uh, I got fitted for ping clubs. I have both the eye blade and the I two ten set. I'm I'm not just a ping guy. I'm a ping guy who since getting his pings shot quite possibly my lowest round in the last two and a half years. Hey, don't knock the pings. It's cool to see too. Um, it's cool to see other brand manufacturers come out and win on top. Um, yeah, I mean, yo, I-210s, let's go. Absolutely wild. I love it. Um, speaking of stables and, and, and folks picking up, uh, I guess, people in their corner, uh, Tommy Fleetwood officially signed with TaylorMade Golf. You and I talked about this. This is not really a surprise. Um, Fleetwood has dabbled um with the old tiger woods blades in the past even when he was with nike so i feel like wherever tiger woods goes tommy fleetwood follows um so this is no surprise he's had those tw protos in the bag for a while from TaylorMade. um now he's just kind of fully going to that 14 club contract it'll be interesting to see uh tommy's switching over from all that nike covert stuff he still had some of the old covert woods in the bag oh yeah he was it was uh he was playing a lot of nike stuff too he, he at one point was... he at one point was was told was telling golf wrx that he had over eight copies of all the clubs in his bags because he didn't want to get rid of the nikes in his bags he loved them that much um it'll yeah. be interesting to see he didn't have a a crazy good year obviously he still contends but he didn't have a crazy good year kind of starting the uh finishing the fedex cup at 92nd uh with only one top 10 this year so uh maybe obviously you know switching in and out of nike and taylor made junk made uh made made his year a little ho-hum compared to the rest but uh it'll be interesting to see if he puts himself back in the uh the winner's circle a couple times now going to a 14 club deal with taylor made i'm interested to see if there's um Taylor made picked up a lot of the former Nike uh, R and D designers and kind of like their manufacture, like the manufacturing side of things. Cause it seems like a lot of the former Nike, you know, those who played the Nike modeled clubs all are, they're all now tailor made guys. I mean, look at tiger, look at Rory, look at Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, some three of the biggest players out there that all carried from putter to driver Nike in their bag. And now, now they're carrying 14 clubs of, of Taylor mate. I think here's a kind of less conspiracy theory for you. I think it's more the tiger <laughs> effect and less than Nike. That's Mate effect. I think so many people, I think this is such a wild theory. I think tiger could have signed with McGregor and and made it a tiger version of all these clubs and guys would have followed i i think it's just that it, it's that tiger effect and tiger is so detail oriented and so perfectionist oriented he would have made whatever company he chose to go with absolute forefronts in the industry because of how he goes about making sure his clubs are designed manufactured and processed to the nth degree i I think that's just i think it's more the tiger effect and less the hey who's the designers behind the scenes i think it's more the tiger effect especially (laughs) for these pros yeah i can see that too but uh, i'm gonna gonna stick with my uh I'm going with the the manufacturer, the designers here. I like it. I like it. Guys, tell us what you think at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We'll put out some polls. Do you think it's more the Tiger effect or do you think it's the manufacturer side of it? Do you think Nike, uh, you know, designers switched over to TaylorMade or do you think it's because Tiger switched over to TaylorMade that these these guys are starting to kind of flock into TaylorMade's corner? Um, So that's it from us this week, guys. As always, get out there, carry clubs and enjoy the walk. And if you want some Enjoy the Walk merch, go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. That's it from us today, guys. Look out 
be on the lookout for our guests in up and coming episodes. We have the director of golf from Delaware State Golf Association, as well as a uh, kind of little known pro making her ways on the Symmetra Tour um, that's also in uh, good company with a little known shoe company that's got some square toes, Dante Squares Golf. You heard of them? Yeah, they ring a bell. I think they have, guys. So be on the lookout for that. Can't wait to dive in uh, to their journey within the game of golf and share it with you all. So that's it, guys. As always, thanks for listening. One shot at a time.